Hey there, this is Kat Sancic with the Revenue Accelerator Podcast with my guest today, Susan Gold, the marketing strategist of Susan Gold Coaching. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about Susan. Like we have a huge similar story, right? Where you're kind of like, okay, so like, this is like dual worlds, like living at the same time. And then two different people really, you wouldn't know the difference until, uh, except for some of the experiences that you are actually teaching and sharing your clients, which I love the differentiations that, you know, you teach and support because one of the biggest things that she shares about is being in the right room. And I'll get to that in just a second. So she has decades of marketing and sales and business experience. She specializes in helping business owners attract their ideal clients. Yes. That make them happy. What that happens and make the money. Of course. Now Susan's coaching creates significant transformations as her clients develop clear focused marketing strategies Her mission is simple, as are her strategies, which make them the most effective. It's to help her clients find their ideal clients, build genuine connection with them, and grow their revenue in the process. So, you know, I think we both align with you're human and you teach other people to remember that they should be human online. Absolutely. And to attract other humans. Oh, there we go. Third level, right? Like. So you also have like extensive corporate like experience. You've been a consultant, strategist, just all kinds of stuff. So why come into the entrepreneurial space when you basically had set yourself up pretty nice in the corporate world? Yes. After about 30 years, a mix of uh, advertising agencies. And, and just a point on that, I learned marketing long before websites, long before digital and social media. So it was in the old days of integrated mm. strategic marketing. So um, and then big financial services for another dozen or so years and then mid-sized technology firms and kind of beating my head against the wall, trying to do what's right for the customer or clients that we were trying to attract. And it really wasn't about that. It was about fitting in. It was about um, doing what they wanted marketing to do or doing what other departments didn't want to do because that's how they define marketing. And it just got so far away from the passion around connecting the right clients, no matter how big the, the company is or the agency is. Uh, with the solution. And that's really what it's all about. Yeah, I I think that, you know, there's, you know, it kind of goes along with this hustle modality. So like, you know, this, this glorified hustle, if you're not hustling, then you're not really doing anything. And the hustling, of course, relates to making money, achieving a certain perceived level of success, which we equate to tangible amounts of income. Uh, Thank you, bro marketers, for reinforcing that and preying on people's weaknesses. Anyway, side point. Um, But a lot of large corporations, you know, I mean, we don't call them soulless for no reason, really just focus on how do I get this transaction? How do I get this person to give me their credit card? And using, I mean, what the bros use in terms of manipulative marketing, predatory sales tactics, things like that. So, you know, how are you still successful if the biggest conglomerates use those strategies and you don't? Exactly. And if we're all marketed to that way, when it's time for you to start your own business, then what happens, I see a lot, are business owners who think the best way to market is how they've been marketed to, Mm. which reinforces what you just said. And that doesn't work for anybody. Yeah. 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 So what do you see? I mean, because I'm I'm I've seen this in clients. I'm sure you've seen it too. Your process, you know 
when do you see that, that, that relief? Like, when is it that they finally go, okay, I can do this. Like what, what needs to be in place for that feeling to be there? The deep feeling is, well, it happens initially sometimes in just having a discovery call of someone who says, Susan, you're not going to make me post on Facebook, no matter what you do. And it's like, well, guess what? It's really not about you. It's about your ideal client that you're trying Mm. to attract. Are they on social media when they make their decision about your services? So that takes the relief down from the very beginning. But what I see is when we do the analysis on who they've worked with in the past and who makes them happy, I have them rank that. What are the margin rankings? Are they making money? Mm. Um, Most client lists are made up of a mix of a few that have made them very happy and a lot of money and a few that just, they lost their shirt on and they were miserable to work with. And the rest, I'd say 80% are a mix. Mm. So how do you figure out who's the ideal client and all that? Mm. So, you know, discerning, you know, who is the best and aspirationally, who have you not been able to attract that would be a good fit? A lot of times business owners, particularly professional services, business owners are really trying to attract that next level client. They grew their business on uh, what they could get, who they were Mm -hmm. introduced to. And now they can't, they're stuck. They can't raise their pricing on clients that they can't afford. They're afraid to lose them. They don't know what to do to attract that next level up. And those are very typical problems of pricing and alignment with the kinds of ideal clients that you want to work with going forward. Yeah. So I know I mentioned it at the very beginning, and I think there's, there's a couple other legs to this stool and the, the top of the stool, this analogy might die right now, um, is really getting into the right room, right? Like, yes. you know, yes, you can know who your ideal client is. You can have the right pricing. You can, you know, even potentially market decently well, and maybe you're even a pretty solid closer, but how do you get in front, in, with, around like a group, right? Because onesie twosies, right, is, does not a scalable business make. So how do you create that influx of ideal clients who do want to buy from you? It's the number one issue. How do you get in front of the ideal clients, the decision makers, or the referral partners that lead you to the decision makers? I see a lot of um, business owners networking. It's a big revenue generator. It's a big uh, lead generator, marketing channel. Networking is important. But a lot of times I've been in the wrong room, right? Where there's a mix of there's B2C, there's B2B. Um, does the, are the people in the room, do they have the right network for you? We're not trying to sell to the room. We're trying to sell through the room. Hmm. And if you don't have, I mean, and I, my bar is pretty high. If you don't have at least 60 to 70% of the room being the right ideal clients, meaning the decision makers themselves or your referral partners, it's not the right room. So to answer your question, how do you get in the right room? You got to go where your clients are. So when you know who your ideal clients are, so for instance, let's say you target accounting firms. Locally, regionally, they usually belong to some type of um, industry association. The, and I'll make this up. The Association of um, Accounting Professionals. 
whatever you can Google Probably associations. Also <laughs> yeah. There's an association for associations, but there's associations so, for, there's everything. actually a, a national Turkey association yes. and there's a Christmas tree association. Right. Like it's insane, but sorry, I digress. <laughs> right. So the, the secret is don't work so hard to bring your prospects and your clients to you. It takes a lot of money and a lot of effort to do that. Go where they already gather. So, you know, you can add kind of these general networking groups because you never know who's, who knows who, right? But hedge your bets on a better ROI of your time and your energy and your money by going where your ideal clients already gather. Mm -hmm. Industry associations are a highly underused um, direction to be in the right room. And of course, that's kind of the symptom of the problem, right? If you're not in the right room, not only is it maybe the wrong room, but are you clear on who your ideal clients are? So once you know who your ideal clients are, the ones that make you happy and make money are willing, able to pay you for your value, not just your hourly rate, but your value, then it's easier to figure out where they gather because you know who they are. So once let's assume you get in the room, right? You, you finally hit, you know, what's it called? A... Um a gold pocket, right? Yes. <laughs> then now we're going to start getting to like bro terms, but we're not going to tap in anybody. We're not going to, you know, murder them or any or kill the copy or anything like that. But anyway, let's say you find a gold pocket, right? And, and you found this, this location where your people are gathering, right? Your tribe essentially. And you've, you've, you know, not infiltrated, right? You've, they knowingly know what you do. You're part of it. How do you get their attention? How, how do you stand out when you're amongst the crowd? And then how do you recommend people like nurture the relationship when they get that attention? Right. So the secret I think is to add value and be visible adding value. It's not just in the individual conversations you have at the mixer or at the formal networking group or at the big um, business after hours or whatever it might be. It's really about working with the directors to say, all right, I'd like to provide um, a series of workshops mm. or at least one workshop. Um, here's where, what I think the issues are that your industry association is talking about. Here's where I can add value to your members and to the businesses that make up this organization. So it's, it's finding ways through workshops, um, presentations, making sure that you're adding value on the social media for those industry associations, that you're really engaging on all levels, that you're visible, you show up all the time. You know, whether you decide to sponsor, you know, which takes some significant dollars, usually, um, I'm not a huge fan of that. Um, I think it's better to spend a lot of time at the grassroots level by meeting a lot of people, but also doing uh, workshops, presentations, panel discussions, um, maybe running committees. Uh, that time invested will pay off much faster and more directly than a lot of other marketing efforts or networking efforts that have a really long tail to them. 
Yeah. And I think you would probably agree with this, which is, you know, it's, it's, it's also getting in the right room, getting their attention, but also making sure that you're not in a room that's saturated with people who do what you do. (laughs) That's right. So like, if you're going to a marketing conference and let's say you're a business coach, like, don't be shocked if you don't get the time of day for most of the people there, because most of the people there are probably doing what you do, but really showing up where they don't expect you, which is obviously why you suggest associations, because someone in your position, there's not going to be a ton of people showing up in that space for like, let's say, you know, you supported accountants directly at their marketing convention, at their convention that doesn't have necessarily right. marketing. Exactly. Now, some industry associations don't allow service providers. You have to be a CPA in some cases to belong to some association right. CPAs. And, you know, you can transfer that to other types of markets. And you know what? That's okay. But then go to the referral partners for your target mm-hmm. and where do they belong? You know, what meetings do they go to? What associations do they go to? And the way to find out if you don't know is to ask when you're networking with someone who is a prime referral partner or a prime um, ideal client for you, ask them, where are you networking? What rooms are you in that you find really effective for what you're trying to do. And you'd be amazed because there's a lot of networking going on out there at all levels, Mm -hmm. national, regional, local. And for some of us who have borderless businesses, there's almost too much opportunity. Yeah. You really want to focus in. And the best way to do that is to use these little case studies of people that you meet that you really want to do business with and just interview them. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, it's, it's also like, (laughs) you know, you say a joke and you laugh at your own joke before you actually share it with everybody else. That's kind of just what happened. Um, So (laughs) it's not necessarily the size that matters. We all know where I was going with that. Um, Because, you know, you can go to these conferences where there's, you know, thousands, well, they're not happening so much these days, but back in the day, um, I feel like there's going to be like before COVID, like BC, right? So in the time before COVID, you had these events where there was, you know, thousands of people, um, but you don't stand out. You actually have a better chance of standing out when it's a more intimate group. What, you know, what are some things that prevent people? Cause I, and you, you own that from the get-go, which is everything you share is simple. It's strategic. It's, it's meant to be very easily implementable and yet people don't do it. What's going on with that? Like what, what's, oh yeah, I think. I think it's a couple things. One, marketing has got has become so complex. It has become so hyper specialized. Data drives a lot of marketing execution mm-hmm. now. And so, and then combined with what we were talking about earlier, people tend, business owners tend to do what they've experienced. So they market themselves for, if they're a B2B as if they're a B2C. Well, I've got a website, I've got a Facebook page and I post occasionally, why am I not getting what I need? And guess what? It's, you know, that's an awareness building. You're kind of talking a little bit to people who already know you. In some ways you're talking to yourself. It's not, it's just visibility. It's not going to create leads. So it's really leveraging the right channels, not just knowing, you know, you know, who the ideal client is, what is that message that's going to engage them? not talking about your process, your technology, or your capabilities, or your credentials, or all that stuff. It's what are the, what pain points are they dealing with? What impact do you have on those pain points? 
And what value do you bring? That's what's important to engage. It's all about them. It's not really about us as a business owner. So it's the ideal client. It's their pain points, your impact and value, and then being in the right room to be heard by those ideal clients. Where are they already gathering? Some of them are not making decisions about a particular business's offering on Facebook. They might be on Facebook, but they don't necessarily want to decide about accounting services or, you know, coaching or whatever it is. So where do they want to hear about what you have to do? You got to go where they are. And if you don't know the answer, ask. Right. And I'm sure you like ask you, right? Like as someone who knows how to connect people and you are a connector, um, you know, what are some things that people step over because they, yes, I love this one. And I think this happens for everybody, even ourselves. And doesn't matter what level of business people don't do things because they think they're beyond that. You're like, I'm, I'm, you know, they get too big for their britches. I don't need to do that anymore. So, so what are those things that you should always be doing, no matter whether you have, you know, you're starting your business, you've crossed six figures, you're at mid six figures, you're at seven, eight, nine, 10, it doesn't matter. What are those things that every business owner should always be doing? Well, it goes to the basics. It's not always true about so many things, no matter where you're at, you have to be looking at who have your clients been and analyze where are they coming from? The referral source, you got to take care of the people who are sending you the best clients and you have to fix the ones that aren't, you got to help them understand, you know, I really appreciate, you know, the referral that you sent me. It's not quite right. Let me, let me explain why. And then therefore these are the kinds of people that I'm looking to meet. Do you happen to know anyone and really show that genuine appreciation for what they do on your behalf but also, you know, reconnecting and educating. It's important. It's worth the time invested. But if you don't keep track of the clients that you've had, where they're coming from, are you making money on those clients or are you just scraping by? And are they a good fit for you? You know, we think about, you know, is my client happy with me? That's important. But you also have to think about, are they a good fit for you? And revenue and margin really drive a lot of the factors around happiness. I call it the happiness ranking, but it's not just about that because you can, you know, if you're not making enough money on some of your clients, it may be your pricing. It may be the solution you're providing, but if you love working with them, if they light you up, um, you know, I got a call from a a client that I've coached uh, today. And she said, I, I need help. I need to pick your brain on something. I'll pay you for your time. And so I had 15 minutes, we slipped it in and she was so grateful. And she said, I love this, Susan, I heard your voice in the back of my head. Susan says, it's, if it's going to rank low on the happiness factor, this isn't a good prospect. If I can already tell in the Mm. discovery phase, the answer is it's not a good fit. And that just meant so much, not because they heard my voice, but because they applied the lesson and she's already thinking forward about now in the discovery phase of how this is going to play out and really trusting her gut that this isn't a good fit Mm. because not everybody that is sent to us 
especially through referrals, or who's in front of us in a networking meeting, or even in an industry association, you can be in the right room, but it's not quite the right person. Um, It can be difficult. And you've got to build that muscle of, you know, thinking about, can I charge what I need to charge on this? Am I going to be able to help them? Is it someone that's going to give me the testimonial that I would love to have to help me attract more of the right kinds of clients? And will it make me happy? Hmm. Yeah, perfect. Susan, you've been amazing today, obviously, Um, you know, dropping a lot of, oh my God, gold nuggets. I'm sure like that's happened to you so many times, but I just thoroughly entertained myself right there. Um, So uh, anyway, (laughs) one moment, number 52 today. Um, How can people get in touch with you? I know you've got something you want to share with everybody that encourages them to go check out. Yes. Uh, thank you very much. Um, you can email me at Susan at SusanGoldCoaching.com. You can visit me at SusanGoldCoaching.com. And at the very bottom of my uh, home, my uh, homepage on my website is uh, a free offer for the four must do ways to uh, actions to attract your ideal clients. A lot of what we talked about today, you can do on your own. And I have a little worksheet that you can, and it's like 11 pages that you can read and interact with and really look at who your ideal clients are. What industry associations do they belong to? Mm -hmm. How to get in the right room and how to track all that. Awesome. Great. And, you know, any parting and again, susangold.com is where you can, is that correct? SusanGoldCoaching.com. That will be in the show notes for you guys too, because I have a short-term memory issue. Those will be in the show show notes for all of you guys to check out. Make sure you scroll all the way to the bottom and get those because it's really important to look at where you're spending your time so that you can get that ROI for that investment. Where, you know, any parting words, things that you you just want to make sure everybody heard today. Uh, Really, folks, learn from who your ideal clients have been that make you happy and make you money. You can replicate them when you understand more about who they are, where they come from, and then go where they are Mm. and leverage your knowledge of their pain points and connect on those messaging points, not, you know, what you do and your process and all that. It's really keep it all about them. And be true to who yourself, be true to who you are, and that um, authenticity will attract the right ones. Right. I mean, do what marketing is supposed to do, attract and repel all at the same time. Yes. (laughs) Susan, you've been so great today. Thank you so much for making the time. Thank you for having me. It's been a blast. Thanks.